Before we get to this week's episode, I want to take a second to tell you about the Glossy Summit. We'll be in sunny Miami from May 21st to 23rd, tackling the topic that's top of mind for most everyone in the industry, the effect of Amazon on fashion and beauty. It will be an amazing conversation on a real clash of the titans. Hear from speakers like Ali Weiss, the SVP of Marketing at Glossier, and Nadia Bujarwa, the co-founder of Dia & Co. And as a podcast listener, you get special access to a discount code just under Glossy Podcast at checkout to get 10% off your ticket. For more information, visit glossy.co slash events, and I hope to see you there. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hillary Milnes, and with me this week is Nancy Green, the CEO and president of Athleta. Thanks for joining us, Nancy. Thanks for having me, Hillary. Of course. So let's start with a little bit of your background. So you were at Gap Inc. before you became the CEO of Athleta in a few different titles. Do you want to give us a little bit of background? Sure. I joined the company in 1986, and I've been at Gap Inc. for 25 years uh, over two different chapters. I did leave the company after 16 years and did a few other things for seven and then returned uh, in 2009. And I've worked in uh, Gap. I've worked in Old Navy. I've led many of the divisions. And about five years ago, I took on this role uh, leading Athleta. And I've just been incredibly fortunate to have this phenomenal opportunity uh, to position this brand and take it into this huge phase of, phase of growth that we've had. Yeah, so, so that's an incredibly long time to, to be at you know, see the evolution that that gap Inc. has gone through, and so what? What was it that attracted to you you to the Athleta brand? Um, and uh, you know, when you inherited your position, what what type of brand were you looking at? You know, well, first of all, one of the reasons I came back to Gap Inc. was that I had uh, read that Gap had acquired Athleta, and I was incredibly uh, passionate about working in this health and wellness space because I was an avid yogi. I've always been a very active person. And I really believe that there was this amazing opportunity to build a a lifestyle brand. So seeing that Gap Inc. had acquired Athleta was was very, very interesting to me. And it took a few years. You know, I came back and eventually it was the right time for me to step into the role. But, you know, what, what really drew me to this specific opportunity was the mission of Athleta standing for women uh, at the time. And, you know, the fact that it was a brand centered on a woman's half healthy, active lifestyle. Um, and I just saw incredible opportunity out there in the market where Athleta could become something that was truly unique and differentiated from all of the other retail apparel players, including the active players out there. Right. And so as Gap acquired Athleta, and so it's, I would assume, a smaller brand working within the Gap umbrella, what type of cultural environment do you have? Like, How do you make sure that it's cohesive with the, with the larger Gap brand, but still a, a, a unique brand within that, within that company? Yeah, it's that's a great question. Um, well, let me start with Gap Inc. And you know, I also sit on the Gap Inc. Board of Trustees uh, for the Foundation and Sustainability. 
And Gap Inc. has always been an incredible values-led organization. I mean, we've always been very involved in the communities. We've been leaders in standing up for what's right, both on the environment, social responsibility, equal rights, uh, and women and the advancement of women. So I've always been incredibly proud of what Gap Inc. has stood for as a company, and we've, we're generally have been way ahead of, of our competitors in the industry across all these issues. So I think that Athleta was very, very fortunate to be acquired by Gap Inc. because to be, to be able to take a company that is uh, very focused on empowerment of women and, and be that smaller, you know, new experiment within a larger corporate enterprise supported by incredible values allowed us to take what we were doing here even further. So we've all always had the support from the values of what companies stood for. But within Athleta, we've really been able to further and experiment as a, as a smaller, high-growth brand on where we wanted to take our goals. Uh, and so I would say, you know, I look at Athleta as really being a point in the arrow of what's possible for Gap Inc. We pushed very hard on very aggressive sustainability goals. Uh, one of the goals that we have is we'll be converting 80% of our fabrics to sustainable materials by 2020. We published that externally last year, uh, but we fit, we're right now we're halfway there. So we finished 2017 at 40%. We have a very aggressive commitment to putting 10,000 women through our PACE program. PACE is a program run by GAP. We will, uh, we're making great progress on that, and 10,000 women by 2020 will be involved in PACE, and, and that's our program that supports uh, the advancement of women who work in our factories. So I think the, the link into Gap Inc. is incredibly important for, for Athleta to continue to push forward even more aggressively against purpose and values. Right. And, and so as, as a CEO in the, in the retail space, what values do you think, and I, you know, I think you just touched on the sustainability, um, you know, employee women's empowerment, what type of values do you hold really close though? And, and how do you make sure that those are being prioritized in a relatively tough retail market? You know, as a public company, you have to make sure that you're meeting sales goals at the same time. How do you, how do you balance those two that sometimes seem a little bit adverse to each other? Yeah, well, they, you know, first and foremost, we've always believed, and this is something I talk to my team, my leadership team, and my, my, my entire team, is that they never need to sit apart from each other. That running a sec- successful business with strong purpose and values must be intrinsically linked together because one allows you to do the other. And the larger and you, know, you get as a company, the more responsibility you have to really be a change agent on what you want to do in the world and use your business as a platform for good uh, in the ways that you know you feel are important. So what we did is about three years ago, three or four years ago, we, the leadership team at Athleta worked together to redefine and articulate our mission much more clearly. Um, and to articulate a set of core values that we were going to operate against. And since then, everything that we have done has been an extension of those values. Um, A couple of examples of that is we committed that we were going to be a business and a brand that was centered, obviously, on the empowerment of women and supporting their limitless potential through this healthy, active lifestyle. But in addition to that, we were going to be a brand that was about community, and inclusivity. 
And by being a, you know, a business and a brand that was going to show up as an inclusive brand, that meant we had to reframe how we showed up, literally change the way we were portraying, you know, our brand um, out there to women and use much more body diverse, much more diverse body types in our, all of our photography, more age diversity in our photography and much more ethnic diversity in our photography. And all of that was about the, you know, representing a very, very inclusive brand that celebrates women on many dimensions. Right. And and we hear so much about how change at, at, at companies and retailers comes from the top down. So how do you sort of take these, these values um, that, that Athleta wants to hold up to distill them into specific strategies and then make sure that everyone in the company it knows what they're working towards? Yeah, I mean, it, it starts with being very clear and very, you know, very, very focused on what your values are and communicating them in a way that is easy for people to just absorb and and take in and then activate on. We we all have, we have a little booklet of our values that we uh, that we, you know, we basically live by. And then from there, we create the long-term um, strategies that we want to use for the business that bring these values to life. So, the, you know, I just gave the one example of how we wanted to redefine how we were showing up with our photography. Uh, the other thing that we did is we decided to launch our girls' business. And the girls' business was a, literally a direct extension of our values because we were getting letters from women mothers, teachers saying, look, they, they referred to our catalog as a magazine, telling us that this was the only thing they wanted their girls, daughters, students to see because of what it represented. It was healthy body type and, and positive body type imagery for girls and the messages that we were putting out there. So with that, we said, well, look, well, we should really start a girls business because if it's this important to our customers, why wouldn't we want to bring this directly to girls. And so we made the decision to launch a girls business because we wanted to bring this message directly to girls and, and change how, you know, the world was speaking to girls. So, uh, so what we, one of the things we did is when we were putting our designing, what we wanted to do with our sales associates and how we were going to bring the girls business into our stores, we, we spoke to our sales associates about the importance of, of how we speak to girls and same thing with all of our digital, uh, you know, copy as well and catalog copy. And one of the things we asked our teams to do in the stores is said we don't we don't want to talk to girls about looking cute and pretty. That's the that's the typical narrative. We want when when girls are trying on this product, we want you to talk to them about how they feel in the product. Does it make you feel strong? Does it make you feel like you can go do anything? Are you comfortable? Are you confident? And that's, that's the basis of starting with a values business and create, you know, a a values platform and creating an entirely new business off of, you know, being very grounded in what is important. So what we've done since then, our business has been incredible and girls, very, very successful. Um, you know, we, we're continuing to get this positive reinforcement back from moms and the girls themselves. And again, third grade teachers, fourth grade teachers, fifth grade teachers thanking us for doing this. And, you know, I, I save all the letters that I get directly to me and they come into various people around the company. But it just reaffirms that what we're doing is so important. 
And how do you make sure that you mentioned through the catalogs, but how do you make sure that these messages are properly communicated at no matter where the customer is interacting with the brand, um, especially when you have multiple uh, customer values and, and multiple messages going on that, that you obviously want to share, whether it's sustainability or, or women empower, women's empowerment or just good product. <laughs> yeah, it's real. Well, first of all, it's really important that one is not sacrificed for the other, that they, again, this is part of the intrinsic linking everything together that, you know, our customers are not going to buy something just because of what you stand for. You also have to deliver an amazing product and an amazing experience. So one is never sacrificed for the other. So purpose, product, amazing experience all go together in building what is an incredible relationship out of deep respect with our customer. So what we always look at is how do we wrap our values, our product, our innovation messages um, ex- new experience, events, ideas that we do, we are always wrapping them in a 360-degree way around what the customer sees. So how it shows up on an email, how it shows up on our web, how it shows up in stores, you know, the experience we create with our sales team in the stores and our customers. We know each other by name. We, you know, we, we don't look at a transaction. We look at it as a relationship with the customer. Um, and, and obviously the beautiful photography and copy that, that goes into our catalog, which is an amazing vehicle for telling these powerful, powerful stories about women and uh, what they're doing in, in the world and what we're doing with sustainability and, and making a difference. Talking about the, the millions of plastic bottles that we're pulling out of landfill by converting fabrics to recycled materials. Right. And, and when you say uh, like a 360 view and, and pulling in everything from emails to, to campaign creative, it seems like everyone in the company has to, like you mentioned, clearly understand what, what Athleta's mission and, and message is. So how do, you, how do you make sure you avoid that, tr- the, you know, the internal silos that a lot of retailers face, even the ones that aren't, aren't gigantic corporations, um, especially as we're looking at the importance of making sure that the customer experience is consistent no matter whether the customer encounters it online or in a store or, or through an email. Um, you know, how to make sure everyone's on the same page and is, and is working together when they should be. Yeah, no, it's, it, that is one of the most important things that you can do as a team. And that is, first of all, you have to hire um, the people that really, really want to be part of this for the right reasons and that are deeply connected to what the business and the brand stands for and the opportunity. So we are very selective in the type of people that we hire. Um, and then you have to onboard people properly. You have to take them through you know, the training on these are our values, this is what we stand for, this is why we stand for it, this is how our business works, and this is how we connect it all together. And it's very important to have Um, strong continuity and hold that really tightly because the minute you let that go, that's when it becomes very fragile. So this is something I'm purposely, you know, I'm very, very passionate about. I meet with all of our new employees uh, here at our headquarters office. I do, you know, an hour talk with them about values in in groups as, as new people join the company so they can hear it directly from me. And then we do the same out with our thousands of sales associates that we have across the country, making sure that they understand how important this is as well. Right. And, and why do you think that, that for retailers, it's been so challenging 
to make it cohesive? Like what what did what would you say is is the biggest threats that like like you mentioned it's it's fragile if you if you let that slip away because you know, I think the customer today can can smell it out immediately when when there's miscommunication and, and just not a strong cohesive message. Why do you think it's been such a, such a struggle in, in the retail industry at large? Well, I think at first it, you have to start with what is authentic to your brand. I mean, I think, you know, you can't do something or say something and not authentically back it up. And so I think brand by brand, you know, leaders need to decide what makes sense for their brand and what is the it that is at the core essence of their reason for being. And if you don't know that, as a leader of a brand, then it's very difficult to make this authentic and, uh, and activate the, the, you know, the entire team against it. So that, you know, that's, that's the most important thing is think about what is it that makes you tick? Why is your brand important today? Not why it was important 20 years ago, or what's the reason for being that you must exist and what is it that you want to do and change and, and create in the world that will make it a stronger and better place to be part of. Um, that's 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 a great point, and especially in a market like uh, the athletic wear market, everyone has talked about athleisure, the athleisure bubble. There's so many uh, competing brands. So, how do you make sure that uh, it's it's not about being the loudest, of course, but how do you make sure you're you're standing out and you're top of mind for for customers when they have more options today than ever before? Yeah, I mean, again, it's back to what is the authentic differentiation and thing that you're doing that is your it. Um, and you know, that's how we, we just, everything is about staying true to what is right for Athleta. Uh, we know what makes the magic here and what makes it really special. Um, and, you know, it's the things I've talked about. We have a very unique, op, you know, assortment offering that is much broader. It's really for a, an active woman's lifestyle, not just the work outside of her life, but her full life. Same thing for girls. So, you know, that's something that differentiates us. We have very unique and proprietary innovation that combines both innovation and sustainability together. Um, we stand for that. And then, you know, the things that we spoke about earlier on how we show up is a highly inclusive um, community that is, you know, not about being an exclusive, you know, elite athlete, but an inclusive community that welcomes all women and girls and meets them wherever they are against their their journey in this in this lifestyle. And, you know, the relationships versus the transactions, that's that's another really important piece of, of how, you know, we talk to our customer and how we engage with her. We want her to be with us and feel that she's part of us as a team. She's, she's on our team and it's not a we them. So it's, that's, it all has to be woven together, but again, in a way that feels right for, for your brand. Right. And and so how do you quantify a customer relationship? Obviously a transaction is is easy to track and understand. If you want to build it out into something more involved, how do you, how do you keep track of that? Yeah. I mean, the best thing we do, you, we obviously look at uh, the engagement our customer has with us and, you know, we can see that through when we, whether it's, it's feedback that they give directly to us on the experience they had when they walked into a store which is generally extremely positive where they will reference, you know, somebody by name and say, you know, 
I had an incredible experience with Susan. She really helped and go above and beyond. I was planning this trip or I was shopping with my daughter. She made my daughter feel so confident and incredible. Please acknowledge Susan for doing a great job. That's one example. Um, we read all the customer sentiment that comes through social channels. I mean, it's, it's an incredible uh, tool out there that is available now to be able to really track sentiment and engagement in, in things that you're saying, posts that you're putting up. And we, we just read thousands and thousands and thousands of positive comments. Anytime we put anything up on body diversity, the engagement just goes goes wild in thanking us for showing women this way. Uh, you know, a, a year, a little over a year ago, uh, we put Tao on the cover of our catalog, and Tao is the oldest living yogi in the world. She's she's now almost a hundred years old. She was ninety eight at the time. She'll turn a hundred in August. And, you know, she is incredible. She's a yoga teacher. She still travels all over the world spreading messages of empowerment and um, good, positive energy and optimism. And, you know, that was, that was pretty breakthrough that we did that. And our customers loved it. So it's, it's all about just making sure that, you know, what we're doing is in support of her. The other thing is she tells us that one of the things she loves about us is that we really get her. And she uses that word, you get me. You get my life. You get what's important to me. You don't just get one piece of my life, but you understand me and how I live and the, the types of clothes I, I want to live in and, you know, how you help me, you know, on this journey. Right. And so it sounds like it's all about just positioning yourself as a, as a meaningful brand. And that's obviously based on authenticity. And so and on the sustainability side, so you, you guys were just confirmed as a, as a B Corp brand. Is that right? We were, we're very proud of this. Yes. So how do you, how do you take that certification and, and translate it back to the customer, back to the business? How does it um, sort of pave what, what you do, especially on the messaging front? I think many people are still learning about what B Corps are, so explaining what a B Corp is will be very important. You know, the thing that we're very excited about is, you know, what B Corp does is it's you have to go through a very, very rigorous uh, certification process where they thoroughly go into everything you do, your governance, your transparency, your goals, how you operate, what your what's important to you, your values, how you run the business, and it's a rigorous process to so in the same way you know, fair trade was to coffee and chocolate many years ago, and now people, it's, it's well recognized, it's newer in apparel. I think B Corp over time is going to start to be much more recognized as the stamp of, you know, a, this company passed this very rigorous standard of performance against using their for-profit business as a force for good, for society advancement and environmental good. So, the other thing that's exciting about B Corp is it it places us in a community of fellow B Corps um, where we can all learn from each other and we can help each other move farther um, and bring ideas to each other because it's it's what we want to do is we want to share what we're doing and share what's working and share how we can push each other further to do more and more good and to be part of a community to share those best practices and that thought leadership. I think is going to be really important for us as, as well as I think what we can bring to other B Corps. And 
especially as we're looking at a at a um, retail industry that's kind of dealing with some greenwashing. It's trendy to be sustainable. Um, do you think this this helps legitimize your efforts? Absolutely, absolutely. And and speaking of collaboration, do you think retail is moving towards a place where it's it's people and and managers and leaders are realizing it's better to work together? Yeah, I think in in yes, I think in in ways that are good for the world. There is no reason why we would w- not want to share. Uh, work that is being done that it helps society or helps, you know, the environment. I think you, you have to look at it that way. And I, I, I know, you know, we do that at Gap Inc. We partner with other people to share that, that good work. Um, and, you know, same thing of what we'll be doing within the B Corp uh, community. I think you have to, otherwise you, you, you don't want to hoard knowledge that is important for improving you know, the planet and society that, and, and also I think it helps you build a coalition, right? Where more people can get behind it. You can really start to create a movement and use the proof points of these are very successful businesses, you know, like Athleta that are saying, you don't have to choose one or the other. You don't have to choose being a successful business um, over having important values that are making an impact in the world, that the two go together when they are run very in a very disciplined way with very clear goals and measurement. So I, my hope is that it'll just create more, more of a movement to do, do what's right. Right. And I, and I think it's almost a sign of the times um, brands and retailers don't really have the, the luxury of keeping everything close to the chest anymore because things are changing so quickly, not only just, um, you know, when it comes to improving sustainability capabilities, but around data capture, technology, uh, just learning customer behavior. So taking all that into consideration, what do you think is the biggest threat facing, facing retail today? Well, I think probably what's the biggest threat is that many retailers are strapped in a very old view of, of what, what retail was in the 20th century and, you know, the role of how they play relative to a customer. And they just, they're, you know, they're encumbered, whether it's gigantic fleets of stores and places that are not as relevant as they were, or they haven't been able to keep pace with technology and understand the new world of e-commerce and digital and so much that is just changing rapidly or understanding, you know, really the realities of, you know, all of this stuff that we're doing and the product that we're creating that it that has to be done in a way that is much more sustainable. So to end on a positive note, we're almost out of time. Where do you, with, within that and considering what's what's happening to retail, where do you see the biggest opportunity for for Athleta as a, as a company to, to set an example or just really hit its stride uh, in with this new customer behavior? Yeah, I think the most important in any business, whether it's retail or anything else, is you must stay ahead of where customer lifestyle trends are moving. And if you aren't leading at the forefront of where customers' values are moving, their li- how their lives are evolving, how they are interacting with all kinds of things, then you can't stay relevant and so you have to stay very, very close to understanding what is happening in the world with customers, what's important to them, how they live their lives, what they want to do, where they're spending their money, what's, you know, how they're spending their time. And, and think about how you orient your businesses 
to that, the products that you create, the experiences that you create, you know, and, and obviously the values that you, you live by. Mm -hmm. And as someone who's been in the industry for, for a while now, does it feel like the, like the power is almost shifted to, to the customer in a way that, that it just wasn't, um, weighted in that way before? How do you, how do you see that power shift? I don't know if I, I would call it power. I think it's awareness more than anything is that I, I don't know. I've, I've always believed that if you, I've always just, that's the way I've run the businesses. I've been part of businesses that have always been very tuned into customers. So I think it's just, you have to understand how to use that information and how customers are moving and where they're heading to in ways that, you know, can be beneficial both to you as a brand and to customers. So it's just tapping much more and being acutely aware of how to use all this information and it's, it's data it, it, and it's all kinds of things. It's, it's trends, it's data, it's lifestyle trends, it's macro trends. It's, you, you have to be able to take it all in and connect the dots and, you know, continue to move, move towards where things are headed, not versus where they've been. Right. Does it, does it feel like things are at least moving faster, like over yes. the past? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's so much, first of all, there's so much data now than ever on, you know, customers. We've been very fortunate in Athleta because as a catalog, in a catalog model, you have to have a lot of data on your customer uh, because you use it to fine-tune all of your customer contact strategies. But I think that the amount of data that we now have, you know, in all of across the industries and in, in many places, it's it's can be overwhelming. So you have to be able to know how to use that data in a way that will, you know, be, you make sense of the data. So you really can use, it, it can inform great opportunities versus just you have tons and tons of information. You don't know what to do with it. Right. And that, paralysis is real if you if you don't know <laughs> yeah yeah you have to understand how to interpret it and what is it telling you how do you recognize the patterns on where things are headed right and uh what, what would you say is the most important thing that uh that you've learned through customer data about about your customer in the past you know one of yeah one of the things i always love and this is when I, when I joined the brand, I, I had a very strong belief that psychographics were much more important than demographics. And I think that, you know, typically we, we hear, you know, from whatever, you know, marketing reports, oh, we, this is what baby boomers wants, this is what millennials want, this is what Gen Z wants. Now, there's no question that there are values that are distinctly, you know, that emerge with these different generations. But, no, you know, I have four kids and I have millennial kids and a Gen Z kid. And I, I just firmly believe I see it with, you know, out there that there are so many more shared values across generations than what is explicitly defined by one, that if you don't understand the psychology across these generations versus just the data, then you completely miss it. You know, um, and what, you know, I'm super proud of the fact, you know, one of the things we wanted to do at Athleta is we wanted to create a brand that was for mothers and daughters and grandmothers and aunts. And it was about multi-generational experience of women and girls shopping together versus just for one type of generation. So it's a mistake to obsess over the millennials like so I, many brands do. I, I, th I think it is. I think people have to think about shared values and people don't want to be pigeonholed. They don't want to say just because I'm a certain age, I don't care about certain things. And so, you know, back to your question on what we've seen in data is we constantly see this, the debunking of this notion of a certain item is for a younger customer. We were just looking at this the other day. 
you know, somebody said, oh, I bet that's selling, you know, to a younger customer. So we said, okay, let's, let's find out. Pull the data and let's find out. Well, no, we found out it wasn't true at all. It's something that somebody thought was selling to a younger customer. The average age was actually much older than we thought. And so, again, it's like you can see that, and that's what's wonderful. It can, it can back up, you know, what you, you, you think is happening and, and prove that it actually is working that way. Right, and that's powerful. It is very powerful. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. I will, I will leave you with that, um, but I really appreciate the time. Oh, thanks so much, Hillary. I really appreciate being able to talk to you about things that we're very passionate about here. Of course. And thank you for listening. A special thanks to Aditi Songol, the producer of this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play and leave us any feedback you have. <laughs>